What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Well met, fellow adventurers. We are once again playing with Sir Crokington, and we're going to be visiting Winterline, <coughs> Winter Eye Lake, in Thane Vale, in Southern Tysa. Here we go. Winter Eye Lake is a small body of water hidden deep within the thick fog. Thick forest just inside the eastern edge of Fane Vale, standing on its stony shore as you gaze out across the dark water of the lake to a fir topped island near its middle, at least two miles away. You are familiar with the legend of Winterwire Lake and know the island is supposedly home to a fearsome serpent. Ooh, something for us to fight, perhaps. And there's one of those observation links over the word water. An eerie feeling comes over you as you stare out across the dark water. You almost get the sense that someone or something is watching you. Though nothing in your immediate vicinity seems to lend the notion any credence. A small village sits at the eastern edge of the lake and is home to fishermen and woodcutters who make their living in this rugged but beautiful country. Inquire about passage to the island. A fisherman offers to lend you a small rowboat at the cost of 50 gold. There's no way of telling if you'll be back, he says, aren't you? Carefully. If you don't come back, I'll need to buy another boat. 50 gold is reasonable enough, I'll say. Yeah, fair enough, fair enough. Pay 50 gold and buy it. I could decide against it, but that just brings me back to the previous page. 50 gold and borrow the boat. You pay the fisherman and he shows you to his small craft at the edge of the icy lake. It's a long way to the island. He warns you as you climb aboard the old but sturdy boat. Mind yourself on the water and don't fall in. It's only a second for the icy claws of that lake to tear into you. And it's even worse for Sir Crokington, because uh, she's cold-blooded. <laughs> he wishes you luck as you push away from the shore and begin the long and arduous process of rowing yourself to the island. Facing the shore, with your hands tightly gripping the pair of oars, you make steady progress towards the island that rises up in the middle of Winterwire Lake. You are still a long way from the island, picking a number. It's just a number. There's no, no modifiers at all. Or I could reverse course and return to the shore, but no reason to do that. Pick now. Three. The dark, placid surface of the lake suddenly explodes all around your small boat. Showing you with icy water, no! As your head, as the head and neck of a black scaled serpent rises up out of the shadows, oh, it's only a fight. I'm, I'm at that, oh, she's good at that. The serpent hisses loudly, a 
as it rears back its head in preparation for a strike. While this creature is not the silver-scaled serpent of legend, it is most certainly a dangerous and aggressive foe. With no hope of fleeing, you quickly prepare to engage the fearsome creatures. A black-scaled serpent begin combat. The, herb, the serpent hisses loudly as it strikes out at you from above, endeavouring to follow Sir, Sir Croakington, who is small, whole. The serpent hisses loudly as it strikes out at you from above. Oh, the quick stove will repeat the 20 you just rolled the next round. Very nice. And it just did. Uh, no, it's, it's nearly done, and in five rounds it is finished. It is slain. 6 XP. Those enchantments helped out too. The serpent emits a final ragged hiss and sinks swiftly beneath the dark, mirror-like surface of the lake. After taking a few minutes to collect yourself, you are once again ready to continue. Continue towards the island. Facing the shore, with your hands tightly gripping the pair of oars, you make steady progress towards the island that rises up to the middle of the lake. You are still a long way from the island. Picking a number. Four. The dark, placid surface of the lake suddenly explodes all around your small boat, showering you with icy water as the head and neck of a black-sailed serpent rises up out of the shadowy depths. The serpent hisses loudly as it rears back its head in preparation for a strike. While this creature is not the silver-scaled serpent of legend, it is most certainly a dangerous and aggressive foe. With no hope of fleeing, you quickly prepare to engage the fearsome creature. Take that, you black-scaled serpent. Strikes out at me from above. I strike out at it from below. And it is slain. 6 XP. The serpent emits a final wagged hiss and sh sinks swiftly beneath the dark mirror-like surface of the lake. After taking a few minutes to collect, I don't think it'll take that long. You once again prepare, you once again ready to continue. Continue towards the island. Yeah, it's that. Picking a number again. 88. You make steady progress towards the placid, across the placid surface of the frigid lake. Now and again, you catch sudden glimpses of what you believe is something large passing by by far beneath your boat in the dark, icy depths. Still a considerable distance for the island, but we're making progress. Pick now. 18. It's another one of those black-scaled serpents. That's going to fight that. The, your enemy sinks a set of sharp fangs into your, into your flesh. Oh, oh, no, I need my flesh. I need it for doing things. Going, keep going, keep going. Oh, more f shark fangs sinking in my flesh. Although I suspect it's the same shark fangs as just before. It's probably the same shark fangs because, you know, the serpents, they, 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 they have two fangs. And they use both of them each time. Unless they're quirky. <laughs> anyway, that was 11 damage. And now it is slain. 6 XP. The serpent emits a final wagged hiss and sinks swiftly beneath the dark, mirror-like surface of the lake. After taking a few minutes to collect yourself, you are once again ready to continue. Continue! Facing the shore, with your hands tightly gripping the pair of oars, you make steady progress towards the island that rises up out middle of Winter Isle Lake. Still a considerable distance. Pick number 99. 99! That's almost as good as it could possibly got. Although, I don't know if you make more progress if you pick higher numbers. Or is it the... Or is it there's a fixed number of checks and how well you roll just determines whether you fight monsters or not. Hmm. Well, I guess we'll see. Now and again, you catch sudden glimpses of what you believe is something large passing by far beneath your boat in the dark, icy depths. Picking a number again, 37. Something, suddenly, something large and unseen swirls swiftly beneath your boat, knocking slightly against the timbers upon which you sit. 
the wake of the unsettling incident, much to your horror, you find your small craft being pulled down into the jaws of a strong whirlpool. You desperately struggle to free your craft from the deadly grip of the turbulent, frigid water, picking a number. Bonus of 115! 9 from luck, 10 from might, 10 from body, 10 from spirit, and 76 from seamanship. And this is one of the very few times you actually get to use the skill of seamanship. Which is, I think, hands down, the least used skill in the game. I mean, let, well, obviously your most used would be the weaponry slash on unarmed combat if you fight with unarmed combat. Mm. Or I mean, the we, we, weaponry sub-skills might not get used much, but that's... Just depends on what ones you use. I guess horsemanship's probably the second least used. Thievery's probably Thievery's probably the one directly after the unarmed combat because there's just lots of situations where you use that. Then probably archery. Anyway, anyway, we're picking a number. 135. I don't think there was any chance of me failing it, because I am, after all, well, Sir Croquetun is, after all, a master sea, sea woman. Or sea toad. After a lengthy struggle, you manage to free your small boat from the grip of the whirlpool, and spend several moments catching your breath before once again resuming your voyage. I'm guessing it being an amphibian gives you an advantage on the water. And a little bit under it, but not too far under it. Alright, let's check again. Pick now. 88. You make steady progress across the placid surface of the frigid lake. Now and again, you catch glimpses of what you believe is something large passing by far beneath your boat in the dark, icy depths. You're getting closer to the island at last. Pick now. 6. And it's another one of those black-scaled serpents. Just going to quickly swing it to death. Oh, and I finish it off with a battle wedge. Look, I don't want to kill you. I just want to kill the black silver-scaled serpent that is probably related to you in some way. Okay, yeah, I understand. Probably shouldn't have said that. <laughs> now, now, now I'm going to justify your wage retroactively. You've slain your foe. 6xb. The serpent emits a final wagged hiss as it sinks swiftly beneath the dark, mirror-like surface of the lake. After taking a few minutes to collect yourself, you're once again ready to continue. Hmm. Uh, well, something's going to eat that serpent. Probably many, many somethings. Because that's nature for you. Everything gets eaten eventually. Unless they get fossilised. Continue towards the island. It's the same. Pick your number once again. 95. You make steady progress along the placid surface of the frigid lake. Now and again, you catch sudden glimpses of what you believe is something large passing by far beneath your boat in the dark, icy depths. Getting closer to the island, picking a number again. Six, and it's another of those black scaled serpents. Just going to quick combat that. Another six XP. The serpent emits a final wagged hiss and sinks swiftly beneath the dark, mirror like surface of the lake. After taking a few minutes to collect yourself, you're once again ready to continue. Well, then I continue, I shall. Right. Facing the shore, your hands gripping the pair of oars. You make steady progress towards the island that rises up in the middle of Winterwire Lake. You're getting closer to the island, pick now. 100. You make steady progress across the placid surface of the frigid lake. Yeah, we, 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 we've read that before. Drawing very near to the island now, pick, pick the number again. 33. Suddenly, something large and unseen swirls swiftly beneath your boat, knocking slightly against the timbers upon which you sit. In the wake of the unsettling incident, much to your horror, you find your small craft being pulled down into the jaws of a strong whirlpool.
You desperately struggle to free your craft from the deadly grip of the turbulent, frigid water. And it's the same, same check as the last time we escaped the whirlpool. Pick now, 119. After a lengthy struggle, you manage to free your small boat from the grip of the whirlpool. You spend a few moments catching your breath before once again resuming your voyage. I'm very near to the island, picking a number again. 40, 41. Oh, I've been pulled into a whirlpool again. And it's the same check as it just was. Pick now. 188. After a lengthy struggle, but not that lengthy, you manage to free your small boat from the grip of the whirlpool. You spend a few moments catching your breath before once again resuming your voyage. Very nice design, picking a number. Nine. It's another one of those black scale surfaces. Just going to quick combat it. For another 6 XP, continue towards the island now. Very near, picking a number. This may, maybe this is the last one. 88. Yep, steady progress. Now and again, you catch glimpses of what you believe is something large. Passing by, far beneath your boat in the dark, icy depths. At long last, with your arms and back aching, you reach a sizable island at the centre of Winterwire Lake. After making certain the boat is safely on shore, you set out to begin your exploration of the island. Not far from where you came ashore, you discover the vine-entangled mouth of a large cave. A strong odour wafts out of the cave. It is an unmistakably reptilian smell. You are certain you are standing at the threshold of the lair of the famous fabled serpent of Winterwire Lake. Well, let's approach heal up first, and then approach the cave. You're less than ten yards from the mouth of the cave, when a loud hiss sails out the darkness, followed swiftly by the massive head of a silver-scaled serpent. You watch with mounting horror as the fearsome serpent, nearly forty feet in length, slivers out of the cave and rears up to assume its full terrifying height. The serpent's cold, unblinking eyes, although that's just because that's how serpent eyes work, not because of, you know, any <laughs> sinister intent on the serpent's part, peer down at you from their lofty perch as its thick forked tongue flicks in and out between its massive closed jaws. You sense that the horrid creature is preparing to strike so I could fight or flee. If I flee immediately, you stand, you turn and take flight, but bounding away from the broken ground as fast as your legs will allow, which it turns out is very fast because of the whole hopping thing. When you reach the spot where you first came ashore, you look back over your shoulder and relieved you have not been discovered. With no... With no desire to encounter the vile serpent, again you quickly climb aboard the boat and set off for the distant shore. After a long, but thankfully uneventful, session of rowing, you are once again standing on solid ground at the edge of the lake. Okay. <laughs> well, so that's what happens if you flee. You flee all the way back to the a back back off the lake. That's a that, that's the one of the longest fleas you've ever had. Okay, quite passage to the island. I, I I just gave you back the boat. I gave you back the boat. God, I could have a discount for giving you back the boat, surely. Oh well, okay, you could have another fifty gold. Maybe I did lose the boat. Okay. Okay, now it's the checks. Here's the whirlpool. I'm just going to go through this very quickly. Here's a black scale serpent. If we see anything I haven't seen before, I'll tell you. That's the nothing message. Another black scale serpent. Keep considerable distance. That's a uh, number. 12, another black scaled serpent. 84, that's the nothing message. 12, another black scaled serpent. Closest to the island, it's a whirlpool. But I get out of it. 
seven, a black scaled serpent. I think I'm finding more of them, finding more of my fair share of them. One, a black scaled serpent. Pick now, 69. Yeah, I think there's only three options, it looks like. There's nothing message there. 47, there's a whirlpool, but I get out of it. 36, whirlpool. 29, there's a whirlpool. Approach the cave, okay. Okay, now, all right, now I'm back where I was before I fled. Hold your ground and engage the serpent, because otherwise you're going to have to row all the way back. And that takes, that takes some time. Not that much time if you just quickly click through it, but still, some time. And a lot more time for Sir Crokington, who actually has to, you know, whoa. Hold your ground and engage the serpent. With the towering silver-scaled sir. With the towering silver-scaled serpent about to, to strike, you hastily weigh your tactical options. Got quite a few options here. I got woodmanship, archery, illusion, gating or fortification. As usual, when I've got choices like this, I turn to random.org. And it's a three. Which means I'm going to use the power of illusion. Failed. Oh. Never got to, you'll never get to see what illusion you cast. Unless it's already in the, the time Zoop visited this cave, which must have happened at some point. Having failed at your attempted action, you have no choice but to attack the fearsome serpent. You bravely engage the massive silver-scaled serpent. Silver-scaled serpent, which is wounded, begin combat. The massive serpent hisses loudly as it strikes out at you from above. Your enemy sinks a sharp sack of fangs into your flesh for 11 damage. And I keep swinging my club at it. Swing sharp sack of fangs into my flesh for another 11 damage. Leave my flesh alone. And slain. 72 experience. The massive silver scaled serpent collapses to the ground at your feet. Forcing you to nimbly dodge its falling head, which is bigger than me, me as Sir Crokington. Falling head so you're not crushed beneath its enormous bulk. With the fearsome, legendary serpent now gone forever, you boldly enter the cave, stepping into a broad stone chamber that no human eyes have seen for the last 1,000 years. Holding aloft your dependable light source, you make a thorough examination of the cave. In the middle of the wide chamber, you discover a stone pedestal, atop which sits a wooden box. Hmm. How did the wooden box survive that long? Because wood tends to rot eventually. Admit, admit, I mean, there are ways. I mean, if it was varnished, my blasphemy. Yeah, or magic. Let's just say magic. The box is plain and badly... Oh, badly decayed. Okay, okay. That that makes sense. And nearly crumbles at your touch. You brush away the rotting wood and find a fragment of a stone tablet. The tablet bears several strange markings which you cannot decipher. Through the letters M-E are plainly visible across the top. It appears to be the leftmost portion of a tablet fragment. You study the curious object for several minutes before placing it safely in amongst your belongings. Here's tablet fragment number one, and that goes with the tab tablet fragments number two and three, which two we got in a previous episode, or was it three? Well, okay, we got one of them in the last episode, and then we got another one, when we were exploring Tarkold Crypt. And let's have a look at it. This is what appears to be the leftmost fragment. Fragment of a stone tablet. Strange symbols cover the fragment. 
through the letters M-E are clearly visible across the crop top. You promptly exit the cave. 384 experience to general. Congratulations, Sir Crokington. Your victory over the fearsome serpent that long made this island its home has at last put to rest a terrifying legend and removed a dark shadow from the frigid waters of Winterwire Lake. You board the small boat and begin the lengthy and arduous task of rowing yourself to shore. The trip back proves uneventful. Thankfully so, I'm guessing all the black-scale serpents are terrified of me now. Uh, I guess I just got lucky with the whirlpools. Or maybe the whirlpools have something to do with the serpent? I mean, maybe. Who knows? When you return the boat to the fisherman, you're surprised when he hands you the 50 gold you'd given him. 50 gold, yay! You've opened up the whole lake to us, he says, smiling. Can't thank you enough for that. I expect you'll have fame enough in these parts for a while. You bid him farewell and set off on your way. Stand and the description has changed. Standing on its stony shore, you gaze out across the dark water of the lake to a fur-topped island near its middle, at least two miles away. It's on that island that you slew a massive silver-scaled serpent, the Serpent of Legend, that long prowled the icy waters of the lake. Your victory over the serpent has made you quite famous in the region immediately surrounding the lake. And you are greeted warmly by everyone you encounter in the small nearby village. And clicking on water. Yeah, it's the same message as last time. It hasn't changed when you slayed the serpent. So what's making me eerie, I guess, isn't the serpent. Oh, well. So, I think... There might be some things unlocked now. Now, I'm just going to check. I think... I think I might be able to do something in... In Fogball Forest now. Just going to click there. Explore Fogball Forest. Location marked on Teep's map. Climb down the steep tunnel. The earthen floor of the tunnel suddenly begins to slide. You desperately struggle to maintain your footing and control your descent. Picking a number. Bonus of 48. 19 for woodmanship. 20 for agility. 9 from luck. Got to get 75 or more or tumble down. Pick now. 125. Success. You manage to maintain your footing during a difficult descent. And as the tunnel lowers out, you find yourself standing in the western end of a cavernous gloom-filled urban corridor. Oh, there's a question mark just to the east. Suddenly, your eyes are drawn to the floor of the earthen tunnel, where they fall upon a trail of blood. In around the bloody trail are numerous prints made by two distinct sets of boots. The trail heads east, with your pulse racing, and your every nerve on edge. You boldly follow the ominous trail into the gloom. The trail of blood and the marks made by the two sets of boot, continue up the corridor to the east. Up ahead, you can make out a bend in the tunnel, where the earthen passage turns south. With your every sense alert for your first sign of danger, you cautiously proceed along the trail. The trail of blood continues east past the bend in the tunnel, and disappears into the gloom of a large alcove. A faint moan suddenly soars out the darkness ahead, the ghastly sound is immediately followed by a thin, wagged gasp that fills you with profound dread. You step closer to the hollow, and your eyes fall upon the figures of two men slumped up against the wall. You rush forward and, soup, and stoop down next to the, to the men. The man closest to you is unquestionably dead. A wide gash, a wide red gash, extends from his white shoulder to just below his waist. His torn clothing is soaked with blood, and his wide, lifeless eyes stare on blinking upwards into the gloom overhead. Suddenly, the man to his white turns towards you, and again draws a thin, ragged breath. His tunic and leather vest are tattered and bloodied, but he's still alive. Even if just barely so. 
was supposed to be simple, he says, his voice low and weak. Can you help me out of here? We have to get out of here. I don't know that I can move. They'll find us. We have to get out of here. You move to the side of the wounded man and begin to examine his injuries. It's obvious to you that he's been dealt several savage blows. And you immediately ask what he and his less less fortunate companion encountered. I don't rightly know. No, what they're called, he says, speaking slowly as if ta severely taxed by every utterance. I think they're after this. Keep it with you. I know nothing of it. And I don't want to take it. The man taps the top of a long, thin wooden box lying next to him. He pushes the curious object towards you. An elaborate engraving on the top of the box lid depicts a mighty sword-wielding warrior beheading a large serpent. Oh, just like I did. An engraved wooden box. The scene engraved upon the lid of this, this long, ancient wooden box depicts a mighty sword-wielding warrior beheading a serpent. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. You ask the man for a description of what it was that attacked him. He closes his eyes. Wooden men, he says. Alas, gasp me loudly. They wanted that box, or so it seems. We thought we could outrun them, but we became lost in the fog. We should have dropped the box, but Hiddeworth wouldn't. He was convinced we could reach safety. You realise immediately the wooden men he's referring to could only be Otorok. Ah, it's them again. Yes, they keep turning up. And just ruining everyone's day. And in the lack, in the lack, and in Hero's case, he's everything. The man tells you that his name is Angelak, and he and his friend, the man lying dead next to him, entered Fogbrew in the search of an ancient crypt. Hewith had a map to the crypt, he says, motioning with his head to the lifeless body of a man stumped up against the water's right. He bought the map for a man he met in Trithic some months ago. He was his adventure, mind. Always tangled with more than he might safely be able to handle. But his affair at last proved to be too much. We found the crypt and recovered the box I gave you. But it was only then that our troubles began. You learn that upon leaving the crypt, the two men were confronted by a large group of Otrok. They were engaged before they could escape and suffered grievous wounds, wounds in the short but brutal skirmish. We managed to flee, but the things had already left their mark, he says, his voice suddenly fading to a harsh whisper. We must have run for nearly a mile before we came upon these tunnels. Algerac tells you that Hiref died within minutes of reaching the alcove. I'm no adventurer, he says momentarily regaining some strength in his voice. I'm a barrel-maker, heading for Mugsbrook. If I get out of this alive, I'm heading back to my cooperage, and I'll sooner cut off my white arm before I embark on any more foolish errands like this. You ask Eldrock, how many Eldrock he and have encountered? Doesn't pass war, he says. They get stepping out of the fog that surrounds us. Hiroth managed to land a few blows, I think, but it did nothing to deter them. We seem to know about these things. What are they? Avoiding answering this question, you quickly ask the wayward, the wayward Cooper if he believes that he and his companion were flown to the tunnels. He thinks for a moment and nods, then suddenly shakes his head. I don't 
Oh, he says. We could hear them moving through the forest behind them, but we might have managed to give them the slip. We never stopped running. That much I do know. Before you showed up, I'd imagined our next encounter would be with some fearsome beast whose lair this was. By the old father, I'm glad to know my fears were unfounded. For a split second, the terrifying image of the spider troll enters your mind. You make no mention to Alderac of the foul creature that until recently stalked these very passages. Here I thought these wooden men were after the box, he says. I don't know if he knew more about all this than he let on. If he was just guessing at this, I just want to get out of here. You have to help me out of here. Alderic's voice fades to a faint whisper. He closes his eyes slightly as an agonised look passes over his face. His body shudders violently. You sense that the barrel maker from Milkspool is near to death. Unless you are able to do something immediately, Alderac will perish here. Alright, so I've got three options. I could use woodmanship, restoration, or law. Now, hmm. Uh, I'm going to go restoration. Call upon the power of restoration. Succeeded. Whew. 16 XP to restoration. And 64 experience to general. You channel your power of restoration. And press your hands into a wide gash that crosses Endurag's midsection. As the warmth of your healing power is transferred to the wound. The gash slowly starts to close. And Anduak begins to regain some of his strength. The Cooper from Migspool is still weak, but alive. Your timely and skillful intervention has saved his life. The sudden and telltale sounds of footfalls crunching on the floor of the earthen tunnel to the west spins your head in that direction. It becomes immediately apparent that the Cooper and his deceased companion were indeed followed to this tunnel, for emerging from the dense gloom. At the very edge of your pool of light are two Oshuak, although I suspect there will be more. You turn to Oshuak, and order the weak and ill-equipped Cooper to remain where he is. He fearlessly nods in compliance, as his eyes widen at the sight of the advancing Oshuak. The Oshuak on the left steps in front, left steps in front of the other, and moves swiftly towards you. This is an Oshuak. Which means it's time to equip. Equip my Oshuak smashing weapon. Umdrold Oaken Wad. Begin combat. I go into a battle wage. As it adapts its combat. Strategy to match mine. It only adapted to 8 plus this time. And it is slain. 9 XP. You leap over the remains of the first Oshuak and bravely engage the second. Just going to quick combat this because I fought so many Oshuak. We, we know what it's all like. Quick combat. Oh, that did a lot of damage. Anyway, 9 XP. You step back from the splintered remains of the Oshuak. Only to be dismayed as two more of the dreadful silent beings emerge from the gloom. One of the Oshuak steps in front of its counterpart and moves forward to attack. It's another Oshuak. Quick combat! 9 XP. You step forward and boldly meet the advance of the second and hopefully last of the fearless wood and iron minions of Koratel. Quick combat. Although we don't know if these Oshuak work for Koratel. They could work for a wound skin. They could be... Well... They could just be ones that have just fallen out of control and just wandering. No, no, they're not just wandering. They were sent by someone. I mean, I think I think it's just maybe Glenoris. Hmm, who knows? Yeah, they could be Coyotel. You're saying your foe anyway. Nine XP. 
with the last with the last of the Otorok lying in a twisted heap at your feet, you step back and wipe away the sweat streaming streaking down your brow. Despite your victory, you realise that by the lingering here, you are inviting the unwelcome prospect of another encounter with the fearless minions of Koratel. Bearing that in mind, you prepare to make your way out of the urban tunnel. But also, I'm going to heal myself now. You quickly help Aldrich's defeat the Cooper, despite being severely shaken by the death of his companion and the encounter with the Odrock. Tells you he's able to follow you. Without a word, you motion for him to stay close, and the two of you swiftly exit the empty spider troll lair and pass into the fog shrouded forest. Your trek out of Fogbur to the gates of Ashlar proceeds without incident. At the foot of the main follower there, which leads into the heart of the settlement, you bid farewell to Algerac, and he again thanks you for saving his life and for leading him out of the cursed wood. When he tells when he tells you he tried to make arrangements to have the body of his friend Hedrith recovered from the lair in which it still lies, you stopped in to wait at the sage law, Ashlar's only tavern, and with grim determination you delve back into the fog shrouded forest. It's nearly nightfall when you return to the town, bearing the wrapped course of Heinrich. You leave the body at the watchtower after first speaking with the militia, and and then make your way to Sage Law, where, where Grateful Asherah thanks you repeatedly. He'll now be waiting to a proper rest, he says, indicating his shoulder cross. You walk in the graces of the Allfather, my friend. I won't ever forget what you've done for me. And what you've done for Highwith. At the length, after graciously accepting both Aldrich's praise and two flagons of frothing ale, you bid farewell to the barrel maker from Mixpool and set out from Ashlar, determined, prepared to resume your exploration of the Fogwar. Well, not, not really. I've kind of done. I've kind of done everything there. Well, nearly. There's still the circle of the wolf. You take. You take a seat on the trunk of a fallen oak at the eastern edge of the forest, and rest your legs while allowing. So some much-needed nourishment. As you dig through your belongings, eager to find your well-hidden and seemingly never-ending supply of adventurer rations, you're shocked to discover that the wooden box given to you by Aldrock in the Spider-Troll lair is now quite heavy, and obviously no longer empty. With your pulse racing, you you wholly turn up the ornate lid and stare down at the stone long stone tablet that now fills the box. Suddenly, your heart skits a beat. As you... skits a beat, as you realise that the tablet in the box is made up of the three tablet fragments you previously discovered in this episode, the previous episode, and in Tarkwald's tomb. The three fragments now compose an unbro- now compose an unbroken stone tablet. The word Merzek is etched across the top of the reformed slab of stone. I now have the tablet of Merzek. Your eyes drift down from the word from the word engraved upon the top of the tablet to the curious verse just beneath it. You're certain that the verse was not present on the fragment, fragmented tablet and with growing curiosity read it. Lest three eyes to sparkle bright, a wasted blade to be. Seek the three beyond all sight, set, sleep, set sleeping spirit three. A path of honour, a test of faith, a trial looms for thee. Go forth a hero, thrice reborn, set sleeping spirit free. You realise that the verse engraved onto the tablet in the expanded form of the well-known wine of Merzak. Okay, what was the original wine then? Alright, what is it? Is there something different? I don't know, it doesn't look different. Oh well. 
After studying the verse for several minutes, seeking a meaning that may be lit, hidden behind the words from which it is composed, he closed the box and placed it back amongst your other belongings. With the engraved wooden box and the reformed stone tablet it now contains safely in your possession, you once again set off to resume your exploration of the foggy, cursed forest. While you remain uncertain as to the full meaning of the cryptic verse now etched upon the rugged surf, rough surface of the tablet, you expect that somewhere within the murky confines of Fogborough lie more clues that may eventually lead you further along the trail towards the legendary blade of Mussek. And also I get 512 experience to general. And that that's... That's, that's that's that for now. Anyway, something has just turned up in Mig's Merg's Bull, so I'll be going there now. To Merg's Bull. Um, while I'm here, and automatically fully restoring as you do, I can go to the new North Bell Cooperage. The North Bell Cooperage, situated only a stone's throw from the Northern Bell, that hangs at the upper end of, of Mugswell's Cray is a busy establishment. Several coopers and a handful of busy apprentices toll away at the bustling workshop, crafting the barrels that are used in the transport of all manner of goods aboard the vessels that navigate the weather twinned. And barrels are good because you can, you can roll them. Or you can put them on the other side and you can stack them. So you get, so you get easy transport and stackability, and you can put anything in a barrel. Well, you take a, you take a look around, wondering if this is indeed the place where Aldrich plies his trade, where the young apprentice approaches you and asks if there's something you need. You inquire about Andrewak. He immediately turns and waves up, and waves over a tall, perilously slender. Rain man, you must be Sir Crokington, he says, smiling. We've heard quite a bit about you. I'm afraid Aldrak has gone off for a few weeks. If he only returns, I've no doubt he'll want to see you. Suddenly, as if the thought had nearly slipped his mind, the man motions for you to follow him into a room at the back of the shop. The man closes a door, shutting out the noise of the bustling cooperage main floor, and introducing himself as Jodwin. Master Barrelmaker and owner of the Cooperage. Aldrock told me you should that should you come around, he wanted you to have this. Jodron produces a small wooden box with a crack lid and hands it to you. You gaze down at the box before sliding off the lid and revealing its contents three short engraved wooden wads. Afraid I can't can't tell you what they are, what purpose they could possibly serve. But I think Aldrak might know more about them. You carefully study the three wooden walls. They're all roughly the same length, and each of them bears the intricate engraving of a warrior holding up a sword. The style the style of the engraving immediately brings to mind the tablet of Merzak, an object already in your possession. You're all but certain these wooden wads are somehow related to it. After thanking Jodwin for the wads, you carefully tuck them away inside the engraved wooden box that holds the reformed tablet of Mazak. The three wooden wads will not appear as separate items in your inventory. They will appear as part of the description of the tablet of Mazak as, as you have stored them in the engraved box. Makes sense. Jodwin tells you that he expects Aldrek will return soon, but he's been a different man since his return to Mixbull. I warned him not to go off to the Honeywith, he said. Honeywith thanked him for quite adventure, though I dare say I think he found more danger than adventure on his ill-advised excursions. Well, usually, you when you find one, you find the other. It seems that Hewitt finally came to the end he so often flirted with. So I'm glad that you were there to see how Drak didn't follow his fate. 
At length, you bid farewell to Jodwin and leave Northwell Cooperage. With the key, three curious wooden wads now in your possession, you step back onto the streets of Mexville. Now, there's something I can do with that box, and I might as well do it now because it won't really fit in at any other time. So, anyway, Southwest, Tysa. Hawklaw. Bentlin Wood. This is the Guarded Glade. That's where I had to fight a lot of trees to get there. Yeah, I'm just going to have to keep going north. There was a crypt. There was something there. There was some undead or something. Okay. Particular item could be used here. It's the tablet. Rectangular impression, like it's box-shaped. Okay, use the tablet of Merzak there. You remove the tablet of Merzak from its engraved wooden box and place it into the hollow in the north wall. The tablet fits perfectly into the deep rectangular impression. Suddenly, a bright blue glow envelops the tablet. The glow lasts for several moments before quickly fading. In its wake, that you're, you're startled to discover that three sparkling blue ble gems are engraved in the exact centre of the in almost the exact centre of the tablet. Wait, three gems to sparkle blight, right? Ooh, could these be the gems in the wine? Wondering, wondering what the significance. What the significance of the tablet's transformation might mean, you carefully remove it from the hollow and place it back inside its engraved container. Head back south along the passage. Okay, let's get out of here. Now, I think there might be something unlocked by leaving there. Treat south, just keep making my way out. Making my way out again. It's a bit time to leave, move away. Let's go back to Hawklaw. Oh, there's some highwaymen. Attack the highwaymen. Ah, oh, they run away. Alright, they're not as dumb as other highwaymen. Right, another scenario has turned up. Somewhere in Blent in Bent Limwood is uh, something. Alright, then I'll go there. I'll go back there and check out the place I just left. Bent Limwood. Bent Limwood. Just, just going to say hi to... Say hi to Tobrick first. Hello, Tobrick. Tobrick the Dormu Lord. Alright, now, now to... No, no, that's that's just a dark cave. Don't do that. Those are quite boring. Guarding glade. Proceed into the tunnel of cheats. Cheats. Uh, yeah. Going north. Going to go north, north, north. It's a lot quicker when there's no trees blocking your path, but it still takes a while. Okay, something's something's turned up here. Oh, there's a question mark at the end. As you reach the end of the passage, you suddenly spot something moving in the gloom ahead. Without warning, a massive, undulating blob of grey slime surges out of the darkness and slides towards you across the uneven floor of the corridor. Instinctively, you fall back and prepare to defend yourself as the predatory slime attempts to envelop you in its deadly, corrosive blast. Massive grey slime? You're gonna die. The writhing mass of grey slime surges forward and attempts to envelop you. Your opponent's attack has encased your head in slime. Oh no, I need my head. I need it for putting food in and other things. Mm. 
Just case something in slight. Case my head again. That's 13 damage. Keep going. Case my something in slime. Some for some damage. It's got a lot of health. This slime. Because it's a very large slime. The writhing mass of grey slime surges forward and attempts to envelop you. It's nearly done, and it's done on round fifty. It is slain. 25 experience and 128 experience to general. The undulating mass of slime before you rapidly contracts before suddenly dissolving. After taking a few moments to recover from the battle, you prepare to once again set off on your way through the crypt. Suddenly, you're about to turn and make your way, way back south. You spot something lying along the eastern edge of the corridor. You step closer and are surprised to discover a small stone box resting against the wall. The engraved grown stone box, no bigger than the palm of regular hand, but a lot bigger than the palm of Crokington's hand, is topped by a carved lid that depicts, depicts the setting sun. A simple bronze hatch holds the lid closed. You carefully open the stone box and surprised to find it contains a small quantity of adventurer tokens. You promptly take possession of the valuable currency. Four more adventurer tokens. As the stone box still bears small traces of grey slime, having long been encased in the hideous mass of the deadly creature you just destroyed, you wisely discard it. Wait, did Tally's just... As you know, as part of his scheme to just arrange the adventure tokens turn up in places where heroes have to be, did he just like just go yoink and just throw that box into the slime so that when someone slays the slime, they'll get the adventure tokens? Possibly. I mean, I, I mean, that makes as much sense as anything else. Very little sense, but still. Thankful to survive the unpleasant counter with the slime, you once again prepare to resume your exploration of the tomb. Alright, that, that's that done with. Alright, what, what else is there? Climb the stairs, let's get out of here. Retreat south along the path. Retreat south along the path. South along the path. Keep retreating south along the path. Leave the tunnel of trees. Move away from here. Say hi to Torabuk again. Call off your exploration for now. Alright. We're now at 55 minutes, and I think that, that's enough. That that's enough stuff for one episode. So what shall we do? Next. Hmm. Well, hmm. Ah, next, next, what shall we do? Now, well, since we're doing, since we just turned this into a a tablet of Murzaki adventure, we might as well. I'm just gonna check. Do we have? I'm sure. I'm sure I bought the sword at some point, but let's check my residence and see. Have we upgraded the sword yet? That's the adventure for. No, that's the adventure finder, not the residence. Residence returns to will keep. Visit your storage room. View the items in storage. Weapon slashing. Rusty longsword. Okay, that's. Okay, that's music's blade. Now, I'm going to get that out. Take the item. Oh, that's what we need. Can I enhance it? I can use the first cloudy blue gem stem on it. No, I can't, can't do that in a wake place. It's got to be the safe place. 
cloudy blue gemstone and use. The cloudy blue gemstone flares brilliantly for a few seconds before silently shattering into a thousand tiny fragments. You're surprised to see the blade of your rusty longsword is now faintly glowing blue. A rush of air surges past you, and in that instant you hear a whispering voice say, Merzek. Alright, now let's look at this sword. Has it changed? Statistically speaking. Longsword glowing faintly. This longsword has seen better days. Its blade is extremely rusted. You can barely make out the letters M Mur etched into the base of the blade. The blade is glowing a faint blue. This weapon is of common quality. But I think it can it can get better because there's another cloudy blue gemstone. But I'll get that in the next episode. And until then, farewell, fellow adventurers. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.